Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're doing paranormal experiences. Just before we get to that, though, if you enjoyed this podcast or any of our previous podcasts, please make sure you're subscribed. We are on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a blog, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. You can jump on over there. For any other episodes, which I use source material or kind of reference anything, you can jump on there and uh, kind of see what I'm referring to. And of course, we are on Patreon. So if you enjoy the podcast and want to help support it in any which way you can, you can jump over there. You'll get episodes early, bonus content, and all of that good stuff. And of course, it just massively helps out the podcast as well. So thank you so much for everyone over there. The three people I speak with in this episode are Jordan Crabtree. He's a friend of mine who we've been friends since high school, really, and we've done a bunch of different creative projects together. The second guest is the person I've known the longest because she is a cousin of mine, Katie Fisher. I've also got a friend who is a colleague of mine. He is Hayden Norton. Throughout the sort of years of working together, every once in a while, he would kind of tell me another one of his paranormal experiences. And I was just always so just... I was. I was honestly blown away every time he would tell me another one of his stories. I'm just like, man, why are you like concealing this from me? Like, just tell it all to me. So it was really good to sit down with Hayden and actually hear all of his uh, best experiences. Thank you so much for these three people to give me their time and to retell the stories they've already shared with me in the past. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. And of course, if you've had a paranormal experience that you'd like to let me know about, please get in touch. You can email me at paranormalthoughtspodcast.gmail.com. You can reach me through the blog or on Instagram. Jump onto any of those and uh, let me know because I'd love to hear your paranormal experience. So the first guy I'm going to speak to here is one of my closest friends. We've been friends for probably almost 10 years or so. We went to school together. We've been in bands together. We've done all that kind of stuff. And uh, now he is a tattoo artist in Brisbane, Australia. And his name is Jordan Crabtree. How are you, Jordan? I'm well, thank you. How are you, Dylan? <laughs> I'm good. Jordan is uh, good. probably one of my oldest friends. I still keep in some form of contact <laughs> with. I do pay you. So, so this is uh, this is like really bizarre because Jordan has always wanted to come on <laughs> the podcast, but he's never had any reason to whatsoever. <laughs> um, but now it's finally happening. Based around me, thank you. So I like I think Jordan. One of the reasons why we've kind of gotten along as well is we both have 
some interest in the unusual, mm. the unknown. Uh, and I very remember true. very early when we first sort of um, started hanging out, you told me an experience that um, I mm. haven't heard. I obviously heard a lot of different stories from a lot of different people and this is one that always stands out to me and you're going to tell us that uh, today. I am, yeah, yeah. And that's very true, Dylan. Yeah, we, we have um, had a lot of uh, sort of bonding experiences over paranormal or weird stuff, um, you know, so I'm, I'm super stoked to be able to, you know, say say it, I guess, on record. <laughs> like <laughs> the government's listening to me. Anyway, so uh back in two thousand and back in two thousand nine, um, I used to live uh not too far from a, a town called uh Tambury Village, which uh in Brisbane, uh that is quite um I suppose inland to the city, maybe uh it's more rural and there is uh, a lot of acreage and Back then, uh, we used to have these camping parties. So it was uh, middle of summer. Uh, it, was December, it was actually my birthday, December, uh, middle of December. So in, in Brisbane over here, it's, that's so, super hot, super summer. humid. Uh, yeah, very um, yeah, very hot. And we had one of these uh, camping parties where it was basically everyone would go out to a patch of land, which definitely like was not owned by anyone, uh, by uh, any of us and, um, set, set up tents and just, I don't know, party, whatever. And then I think that night, um, we were, it was maybe about, I'd say dead on midnight. Um, and I talked to some of my friends, uh, four other guys that I was with, um, we should go down to the, to the cemetery. There was a, there was a very, uh, one of these rural cemeteries, not too far from the, um, which I'd, you know, driven past a bunch and I thought, oh, you know, that'd be cool to go and to go and check it out. So it was about midnight. And so we said, yeah, let's go. And then, um, and this is in Cedar Creek. Sorry, I don't know if I mentioned that. It's not too far from Tambourine. And it's sort of, uh, I mean, it's a very small sort of, sp- sort of spot, but the roads are long and there's, you know, all these houses that are huge, like acreage and, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of split apart, like almost like farms, not quite, but close to it. So we walked from from the party. It was maybe a couple of kilometers. Uh, we started that walk. Um, there's no street lights, and back then, as well in 2009, we didn't really have access to like phones, and nothing was planned. We didn't have torches or anything like that. Uh, we just sort of went out, and I, the other guys had been drinking. I, I wasn't. We'd maybe made it about I don't know, close to a kilometer. And I remember, like I said, it was very hot. Um, it, it began to to really rain, which is not abnormal because it is the wet tropical season. weather. Yeah, yeah, exactly in Brisbane. So um, it really started to to rain pretty hard. And I remember one of the guys was a bit worried because he had his guitar and and stuff. And so he messed. I remember he, he he got his phone out, one of these flip phones, like you know, one of those like raise, Motorola razors, and he and he texted his girlfriend and said can you can you put our stuff in the tent anyway and that was i think the last time like he would have used his phone or anything yeah we kept walking and it was pouring rain and uh and we maybe it was another maybe kilometer or so before we got to the cemetery and this cemetery is basically it's this very small bitumen drive uh just off the main road and there's a huge there's like a fence that sort of goes around it which i i mean i don't remember ever seeing it open i don't know if there's a groundskeeper or what but when we got to that point, uh, that was when I started sort of, I'd say something kind of strange sort of first happened. Um, walking onto that little bitumen driveway, 
I remember feeling like a real, a real drop in temperature, which like I, I, I don't recognize feeling ever before in my life at that point. Uh, and it, like I said, it was hot, you know, this is like tropical 30 something degrees, even in the night, like that drop in temperature, like, and we all sort of like, were looking at each other, like, um, at least we did recognize that, you know, and the other guys were a little bit, were a little bit scared, uh, of, I don't know, you know, we were like 16, like, you know, that's pretty normal, I suppose. Um, so one, me and another, on the guy, we, we, we dropped, we jumped over the fence and, um, we began walking into the, uh, middle of the cemetery and it was, it's a really sparse cemetery. It's, it's like something you'd see. I mean, it, it sort of recalls for me, like images of a uh, bit of like Midwest America, like something I'd seen on like Texas Chase or Massacre or something like, I, I'm like, I don't know, you know, that kind of like old farmy look. Yeah. I mean, and you see it, Dylan, you know what I mean? Mm. So we walked to the, to the middle. Um, again, it was, it was dark and, um, we sort of just stood in the middle. And from what I remember, we maybe just stood there and, and I don't, we didn't say anything. And then the other guys, not long after, joined us. They they all decided to come in. I remember just standing there and not not speaking. We didn't speak and we were, in, we were facing each other in a circle or something uh, like that. I remember it was kind of almost like a part of me wanted to like, uh, it was kind of funny because we weren't speaking. I, I don't know why we were doing this. We were just, that was just the natural instinct to stand like this. And just like, I don't know, it was like, a, maybe we were in, unintentionally like trying to be respectful, you know, um, we're there for a little bit. Like I, um, felt, I don't know, not that long. And then we decided to just start walking. There was obviously, like I said, we didn't really say anything. We just started walking and kind of like a single file back to the fence line. And as we sort of approached the fence, uh, we were quite close to it. I had, I was still in the cemetery and so was the guy who jumped over the fence. Initially, everyone else had already jumped over. And that's when I heard like a scream, a very, I'd say it was a very distinct scream coming from the back of the cemetery and it was somewhere behind us. And um, again, like this was, I mean trying to think of where we were standing like we're in in the middle of sort of what i would say more rural almost like feeling like you're almost like nowhere really there's obviously there's trees around and and there's but there's no real people and so i heard the scream and this like instant dread sort of i remember looking at my friend's face and he was he had like this real fear and we jumped over the fence and just started running all of us we were running but the this scream was just as loud, like just constantly. We were running like, I remember how fast I, I and, and how far we were running. And like I said, there was no street lights, no torches, no nothing uh, to really guide us uh, back. And this scream was just like behind us. I didn't even, I don't, I didn't look back like at all. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about the other guys, but, um, and it, the sound was very, it was like a female, it was very tortured. And like, uh, I've, I often sort of, uh, you know, think like, oh, was that, you know, an animal or something like that? But I mean, with it sort of coming, following us almost the whole way back, it was, it sort of warrants that question of like, what, 
what was that? So as we were running, um, we, we got back to the, um, we got back to where the party was. We walked onto the patch of grass and we noticed that like no one, no one was stand, no one was around. I don't know. At that point we still hadn't really spoken. I remember just feeling pretty confused and we, we got, we, me and uh, my friend who, uh, I was with, who jumped over before he, uh, we opened his tent and uh, his girlfriend was in there. She was asleep and he woke her up cause he, he was, he was, I could tell he was like annoyed. I got the guitar and all our stuff was still out and it had been put in the tent. Um, and, uh, she woke up and he's, and he was like, why is, why do you not put our stuff away? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like instantly that's what he went to, to talk about. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he said, I messaged you. And then she checked the phone. I remember, uh, obviously there was no message. And the other thing was that, um, it said that it was like four, four thirty AM. Um, what? yeah. And we were like, I don't know. That just like kind of stuck stuck with me because we, like I said, I remember distinctly being around midnight that we left because it was my birthday that day. And I remember being like, Oh, it's my birthday. And, um, so I don't know. Cause I, well, like I said, it didn't feel like we were gone for that long. Definitely not for like, there's no, there's absolutely no way. So that was, yeah, that time was lost. Um, the, and we even revisited that cemetery. Three of us, uh, had, uh, went back um, about a year later to try and understand what happened. But, you know, there was, again, like nothing happened. And I've been back, uh, even I think Dylan, you and I have, have been to we that cemetery. Been. You told me that story and it was like, I don't know, like eight o'clock <laughs> at night. And I was like, we'll yeah. get, get in your car. We're going go. right yeah. now. Yeah. And that's what we did. And nothing, and I mean, nothing, nothing happened. So, and it didn't, we didn't feel that. I, I definitely, all the times I've been like, I haven't felt that drop in temperature or uh, any kind of omens or anything like that of, of what was going on. And since then, I have been totally obsessed with cemeteries. I've, I, you know, anytime I get a chance, that sounds like I'm really weird, doesn't it? I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but I've really been into that, you know, and, and I've gone, I have visited cemeteries both as, as overseas or anything like that, just because of that interest of almost, this I don't know kind of it was quite thrilling but at the same time I any negativity if it was like if if I was trying to block up the wrong tree kind of thing I, I yeah so yeah that's what happened it's pretty insane I didn't I can't remember knowing the thing about the missing times so that's even like completely um rattled me as well because that's Obviously, I suppose, you have stumbled into something which has completely warped your whole sense of, I guess, what people perceive as time and so on. And you sort of, and like, that's the weird thing too, of you all kind of like, no one was speaking when you're in the cemetery, you all just kind of mm. fell into this, yeah. it was like organic, right? It was just like- It was, yeah. It's it's just very interesting, I think, all the, the events that sort of like led up to- Definitely. And either way, like, it's a great- just spooky kind of story because you know um, mm. I might be able to find I might be able to find some pictures um, online of this place. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, because I, I did even you know like I I've even looked online like trying to find or oh, how long was that distance between where I, where the party was and where we walked everything like that and uh, because it's hard because there's no real distinct like um, there's nothing around there really to no. say oh it's it's exactly this kilometers of, and and but it doesn't I mean four hours is. A long that's, time. Yeah, that's insane. 
it's a very interesting story. Like the, the screaming reminds me of like a banshee. I don't know if you're very familiar with Definitely. like. Yeah, it's, that's, yeah. that's what it instantly reminds me of. And even that thing of, okay, yes, it could have been an animal. It could have been even like someone, you know, yeah. for whatever. But like either way, you said it sounded like it was following you without it actually, I guess, like it being was, a physical yeah. force behind. It was just like it just carried. Exactly. The, the, how loud it was and for how, you know, how, how, when we were running and it was just consistent, there were no breaks between this scream. And I, I can't recall when it ended. Obviously, I think t- towards the end of the street, there's this bridge. Well, it's not a bridge. It's like it goes at the end of, uh, near where we were at the party and the end of the road that we were running on. There's this, um, hill that goes down to like a a little road that always gets flooded and that that would be to me uh really where i if anything can can recall like sort of hearing it coming yeah coming back into into this okay that's the party up there and that thought like oh we can stop running now and then i think around the same time the screaming not being at least uh audible Scary stuff. Well, Jordan, that story is honestly um, one of the best. So obviously you're a tattoo artist as well and you did uh, do right. the design, um, the UFO logo for the podcast and we're working on some new shirts as well That's um, right, yeah. as we speak that people can... Uh, as we speak, indeed, yeah. I'm, I'm drawing them right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked. There's going to be some some real cool stuff uh, in the work. So. And uh, what's your Instagram that people can go and check you out? Yeah, my Instagram is J underscore crab. Um, and uh, I work in Brisbane, uh, Queensland. So I suppose, uh, you know, if, if you want some creepy paranormal tattoos, uh, you know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. So my next guest is the one person who I've known the longest out of everyone who I'm speaking with in this episode. Uh, She's my cousin, and we obviously grew up together. And I think she's always known I've had this weird interest in the paranormal and so on. And she's also shared that to some extent. And I can't remember when. I think it's just one of those things that you just feel like you've always known. But um, I remember her having some paranormal experiences as a kid. And it's always sort of stuck with me. So when I thought to do this episode, I thought, why not get on my cousin Katie? Katie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I got to ask straight away, what's your position on the paranormal? I've always believed, uh, I guess in a spiritual sense, um, that there is something more after life. Yeah, I guess I believe that, you know, spirits can be left behind. They can, um, I guess, leave a a part of them, I suppose. So it can be in any form. Uh, Most commonly, probably would be like the lights. Um, people see like orbs of lights. Um, some people see, um, I guess, outlines and figures. I'm by no means religious in any sense, but uh, that doesn't stop me from believing that there is something else. Yeah, totally. I'm with you there. I don't think religion has anything to do at all with an afterlife. I think it's more spiritually, potentially scientific compared to what sort of faith you so choose to follow. So your experience happened when you were quite young. And uh, I remember, I don't remember originally hearing about the experience, but looking back and thinking about what you actually witnessed, it's pretty terrifying in a sense. So I'd love for you just to go into some detail about those experiences. So the the earliest experience that I could possibly remember, um, I was eight when we moved into our, um, our new house. Um, and it probably wasn't too much later than that, that I uh, started experiencing um, in the nighttime when I went to bed, uh, a shadowy figure uh, would walk into the room, um, which I assumed was male because of um, his stature and his height and build. But he would just stand at the end of my bed and I guess just observe or uh, maybe he was looking for something, I'm not sure, but he would tend to tilt his head to the side, which was scary at the time. I mean, I was only a, a young child, uh, but it wasn't until I sort of spoke to my parents and my sister about it that my sister then piped up and said that uh, she could see a figure moving beneath her door, but we'd all gone to bed, so nobody was up in the house. So I suppose in a sense she also saw him moving about the house. So you move into this new house, well, new for your family, and then you start witnessing a full-body shadow of a man come into your room and watch you while you sleep. So obviously you start to think whatever or whoever this figure is, maybe was already in the house, might have passed away in the house, but was the house very old, do you know? I guess what made it more interesting was that the house wasn't quite that old either. So, and the previous owners were the ones who built it. So we assumed that nobody had died there, obviously. Um, But maybe perhaps he had attached himself to one of us and come home. We're not quite sure, but um, I did see him quite frequently, um, as did my sister. And probably wasn't until we got older that we just stopped seeing him. 
whether that was that he'd finally made peace and left or um, attached himself to someone else and left or even, you know, the fact that we were growing up and we were seeing less, I guess, paranormal stuff. Definitely. It could be any one of those factors to why you could have stopped seeing him. Uh, How often would you say you would see the figure? Was it most nights, maybe every other night? Would it be at times it'd be kind of consecutive, then it might die down? What was kind of the go there? Yeah, um, some nights I'd see him consecutively for maybe a couple or a few nights. Um, There were probably periods of about maybe a month where I didn't see him. Yeah, it could be sporadic, really. So when you'd have these experiences, would you be asleep and then you'd wake up and see this figure at the end of your bed? Or sometimes would you even see the figure actually approach your room? I feel like some nights it may have been me waking uh, other nights, like I go to bed at the same time, maybe as mum and dad, so all the lights turn off and then as I'm trying to go to sleep, I'm tossing and turning and um, open my eyes and he'd be standing there. So I guess a bit of both. Yeah, wow. That is honestly very full on for an eight-year-old to be experiencing. And I do appreciate you going back through your memory because I know you haven't really thought about this stuff probably in some great detail for quite some years. But I'm curious, did you get a sense that the spirit knew that you were there or it showed some sort of intelligence like that? You could see it, it could see you, or was it more of like a residual type haunting where they're more of like a memory left in time, they're kind of like a on a tape type loop? Uh, that they're not really self-aware or anything. They're just kind of doing their thing. What were you kind of getting from that experience? Yeah, I feel like it was the neutral, uh, that he knew that uh, he could that I could see him, but he never tried to communicate in any way or form. He would just stand there, honestly, um, just, I guess, observing. Yeah, I, honestly, I love this experience so much. It's so it's short and sweet, which is great, but there's so much to it. And I think it's very interesting that you experienced it for many years quite frequently because there's some evidence within that that it wasn't just an overactive imagination. You wouldn't, you know, you weren't just kind of picturing this thing. Your mind wasn't making this up for all these years. Obviously, something was coming into your room and watching you which is probably one of the more terrifying uh, experiences that we're going to speak about today in this podcast. So, uh, Katie, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on and chatting to me. No worries. So this last guest I've saved to last for a reason because he has the most experiences out of anyone I've ever spoken to. They're insane, to be honest. He speaks a lot about uh, ghost hunting and also he has a men in black type experience as well which is just, it blew my mind when he told me about this. So this is my friend and co-worker, Hayden Norton, also known as Hado. Uh, we work in radio together. For anyone here in Australia, you might actually hear Hado on the Triple M network all across Australia. And the reason I mention that is because it's going to be relevant to one of his stories he tells uh, eventually. So I thought I would just clear that up. So enjoy this chat with Hado because these are some incredible experiences right here. So Hado, I've known you for probably like two years. Yeah. So now, and I remember telling you about Paranormal Thoughts podcast, and you were like, "Man, I've got some pretty wild <laughs> stories." That's true. And when I wanted to do this episode, you were definitely top of my list because I you, think man. you have—they're they're insane. So, uh, what, what are you gonna? What are you gonna tell us about? There's there's a couple. One that was a part of a radio stunt that we did where we stayed in the haunted Hobart prison and we took listeners in and we made sure that we took in somebody that believed, somebody that seen themselves as a bit of a communicator and a couple of other people, but more importantly, we had a sceptic that didn't believe it, thought it was all all 
all rubbish. Yeah, right. right? Um, and the other one was um, when I was a kid, I'm from a place in central Victoria called Bendigo, and there is an old, massive, and I mean this thing is massive, it's an old Catholic orphanage that hasn't really been active since around the 50s or 60s. And it's now, all well, it was at the time, derelict. So we thought, well, look, we'll go in because everyone's got a haunted story about St. Aidan's Orphanage. And um, I've never wanted to just run so much in my life. Like, I love it. But when your brain can't piece together, you know how when you see something and or you experience something and your brain really quickly tries to put it together. Mm. Oh, that was just the wind pushing on a door or whatever. When your body really quickly eliminates every kind of write-off that it wasn't paranormal, yeah. that's when it, it like, it's it's amazing, but it's terrifying. I think yeah. that's why I love it so much. Yeah. That's how I explain it to people as well. It's like, not until you have, not until you put in a situation like that, where you go, this is the real deal. And it's, yeah. it's the most exciting yet, like, terrifying thing. Cause it's yeah. so off-putting. And you're like, I think this is me having an actual experience it is. right now. I mean, the biggest sceptics I know um, when it comes to paranormal are people that are heavily into and believe in the paranormal. Mm. Um, because, I mean, not because we want to sort of eliminate any possible sort of stance that somebody that doesn't believe can get to us first. Like, we literally think about it logically and we just go, okay, there's no way that could have happened. And uh, even with, if it's scientifically, mathematically or matter-of-factly, when you come across those things in person, it's 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 such a feeling. But when you're underground in an old orphanage where kids used to be literally put in you could basically call it a one metre by one metre box because they stepped out of line from mm. the Catholic nurses. You just you just can't help but think, okay, I've got probably a three minute run till I'm outside of this place, and it's and it's it's insane. So what what was it you experienced in that orphanage in Bendigo? Okay, so when you first walk in, there's a couple of little telltale signs that something doesn't add up. And I mean that in the sense of people break in and they trash the place. Like it's what people do. But there's porcelain religious figures where you're like, that would have been one of the first things to go. And then there are people that reportedly go, oh yeah, I I took a cricket bat to it and like this, but it's still there. I'm not sure if you've ever seen the movie uh, Peter Jackson did with Michael J. Fox called The Frighteners. No. Okay. They, if for those that have seen it, they go into an old hospital, and I could not believe how much it looked and felt like, like you know, paint kind of peeling off the walls mm. and it being quite dark, and still things that were there that have been in there for decades, right? So you walk in, and um, there was this one area that was a music room, and there was about four of us. And we had, you know, those plastic square dolphin torches, yeah. you know, those old school ones. Yeah. So, you know, no halogen really, but we're looking around in the middle of this music room, there was a crate, just a milk crate, one of those plastic ones. And uh, we've walked in and we're sort of scanning the room and we're going, okay, what is there? What's in here? Not much, just a crate, maybe a little bit of rubbish that's blown in. So then we're kind of walking along the wall. So we had a guide, at least a visual guide of, you know, how far we had to go before we hit a wall. And all of a sudden you hear like, not 
not like a whip sound, but you could hear something moving through the air and you just hear this dunk. And we've all turned around and lights are going everywhere and this crate was literally tumbling like it had been kicked. But the thing is, is this music room is probably, like it's a, it might as well be a concert hall where performances were done. Mm-hmm. At least the size of a, just a basketball court. There is absolutely no way that someone was playing around with us. We believe, so we didn't. We wouldn't do that. We went in with, you know, recorders to get, um, you know, EVP and stuff like that. Um, so that got what we would uh, affectionately call kicked, but we don't know by what, but it got kicked within one metre of a door that I had every interest and no interest in going through. <laughs> um, uh, but... Uh, Tish, one of the girls that I was with, goes, oh, well, clearly that's where we've got to go next. And I'm like, no, nah, let's stay. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. Maybe not. But um, I opened the door and it went downstairs. And then what happened was the way it was set up was above the roof line, just below the roof line, there were like these windows and the tiniest little bit of light came in. And so we're walking around and it was carpeted. And we're walking around, and I don't know what it was. It might have been open offices, I don't know, whatever the case was. But then, um, it's I'm not sure if you've experienced this with all the places that you've been all over the world, um, but when someone that's ahead of you goes, shh, torches off, and you're just thinking, torches off, yeah. it's the last <laughs> thing I want to do. So torches off, and then you're literally just, standing there with the faintest Mm. bit of light coming from this massive courtyard, faintest bit of light, and you're trying to make things out and it's like, could you, could you not, could you, is that, is that Steve, is that Tish, is that um, Stuart, you know, like you can make out but you can't kind of thing. And then somebody did the thing where they put the torch in their hand to kind of glow, not glow, but sort of turn the light on, turn the light off. Now, I could see Tisha's jacket. It was an Adidas jacket, and she was standing to my left, probably about a metre away. Yeah. Um, Stuart was over there, and he had a white cap on, so I knew where he was, and Shex was ahead. So I know where everyone is, mm-hmm. and then I felt this brush past me that I'd felt probably five 10 times before when we're in there because people are like, let's be honest, you're scared. Like you, you you bunch up and it was like somebody bunched up behind me and then I was just like, torches on and people like like this and then you could hear someone walking but it wasn't like, you know, your Hollywood on floorboards. You could hear like this kind of like brushing of feet on carpet. You know, when someone walks on carpet. Yeah, right. But this was the end. Like, once you go downstairs into this area, like, that's the only thing that's left. Like, you have to go back up. And so it's like, stuff it, torches on. So all the torches are on and we're looking around. And there's no furniture in this, right? And we could hear it because, A, you're underground, Right, so basically the walls are sunken into the ground. Mm-hmm. It's basically a soundproof room apart from whatever. So you can hear every little pin drop, turn the torches on, and there's nothing. We're like, okay. Then we found this other door once we went back up out of the music room into this breathtaking hallway. Oh, just unbelievable. 
So we've walked down to where you could call it if you're going to go in there, which is, is illegal to do. Um, that's the spot where you go and it's where kids will get sent to time out, but some kind of weird messed up, <laughs> like, uh, you know, third degree, third Reich uh, right. timeout. Like they were basically put in these, not cages, but they were kind of like boxes with like a cage thing and they would have to stay down there and they would be left there for ages. And you walk in and you would hear someone cold or someone sniff, but... For some reason, me, I'm nearly, uh, I'm over six feet tall. I'm about 120 kilos. No one wants to be behind me. They want to be in front of me, so I'm behind them kind of thing. So I know everyone's in front of me, but I can hear like a, like, like, a, like you know when a kid's calmed down from crying? Yeah. Or you would hear <sighs> kind of like that, but you would only hear it very briefly, and that's coming from behind me, but not up. It's coming like, you know where it's coming from, yeah. like, sound-wise. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was at that point where it's, like, calmly kind of suggested that we get out Jeez, of there. Shit. And so um, we walked out. But what was really funny is as we walked out, we had to open a door that we left open yeah, right. on purpose. But we didn't hear it close. No one else would have closed it. And Steve or Shex said that that it felt freezing cold, like he's great because it had like not a not a not a, not a doorknob had one of those um like a handle like a door yeah, handle like, like a vertical have, one yeah but like yeah. they have in hospitals yeah and he's grabbed it and he said like it was it was like he touched it and he thought it was hot when he first grabbed it but it was cold oh, right um and then he's he's pulled it open a little bit then used his hand on sort of like the door itself and pulled it open and and he said who closed that and I said. Oh, I didn't close it. Like, I've, I want an easy escape, man. Like, if I've got to <laughs> yeah. run in pitch black darkness, I don't want any obstacles. So yeah. hairs on my arms are standing up because you you literally cannot, you, you can't, I wouldn't take anybody into a situation like that that's going to just take the mick. Yeah. You wouldn't take somebody in that's just going to, in the background, right? Totally. So everyone there was was absolutely keen on it, but at the same time, you know when someone else is in there. Like it's 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 been happened. It's happened to a few times where you run into people, and it's nearly like people get beaten up because it's kind of like ah. But yeah, that was something that you can't do anymore because it's been renovated. It's turned into townhouses. But I would love to know if anybody that knows Central Victoria, anybody yeah. that lives there. Um, has had any experiences because I find it exceptionally hard to believe that you wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So what about when you were in Hobart? What happened there? One of the things that radio stations get you to do is do some wacky stunts. So we, I think it was for Halloween. I can't remember what it was, but Hobart Prison is commonly known as one of the most haunted places in Australia. We put the call out. So it's like, okay, well, let's go and stay a night there and we'll broadcast live overnight and everything like that. And then you have people, regular everyday people, to kind of be the representative of anybody that's listening. So you had the person that was a true believer. Absolutely. Then you also had the scaredy cat that believed but didn't. Then you had uh, the communicator, which they do tarot cards and everything like that. We also had a psychic come in for a little while. Um, and we also had a skeptic. Mm -hmm. And this guy looks like he would, he would headbutt you just to get your lunch money. 
<laughs> Even though you're a kid and he's like 40-something, like this bloke was rough, right. right? But they all got a little enticement for coming on. They got some kind of prize anyway. So we go in and we're in the main area. I don't know if you've been to Hobart Jail before, but the part that you walk into, there is a uh, big courtroom. And off to the side, there's an area where I think she was a nurse that attended to people on death row. She had a little room for herself, as a little kitchen. And then, um, I mean, you can walk through to where people were hung, but the most important part was where the the dock is where they stand to be convicted. They don't actually walk through the courtroom. There's an underground tunnel and it comes up a spiral staircase okay. into the docks and then they're sentenced and they go back down and probably get hung. So um, the first thing that happened was, you know, we got a story and, look, there was a couple of things where, I'll be honest, I won't say what they are, but a couple of things where I'm like, that's easy to fake. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know this is a tourist attraction and I'm not saying that it is fake, but I'm saying very quickly I could, I can, Mm -hmm. you know, just put something in the air con, you know, in the, in the, in the ducting, you know, that's how you get that scent or whatever. But um, apparently this nurse that used to look after the, uh, the inmates or the people that were being sentenced loved the attention, loved getting all this attention off, off blokes and outlaws who are basically rock stars Mm. kind of thing. So apparently if any other females would be in the prison, she would get exceptionally jealous. And we were standing in a room, which is basically now there's a lot of cab, uh, cases that have got like artifacts in them and stuff like that. And there's about three steps, two or three steps that go down into that room. And the first paranormal moment we had was one of the promotions girls who's into Disney films and she doesn't believe in all this stuff and, you know, would believe Monsters, Inc. before she would believe in paranormal. She's standing there and... um She's standing at the top of like two, three stairs and we're in sort of having a look. And we were talking about, okay, we're going to have to go and uh, set up and, you know, start broadcasting at a certain time and blah, blah, blah. So she's telling us what she wanted the listeners that we brought in to do. And she's taken one step. So she's walked down one step and she's standing there. Now, she believes that she goes, no, 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 I tripped, I tripped. But me and a couple of other people seen it. She was making a comment about, oh, you know, where that hot guy went and got sentenced. And you could literally see her shoulders go back and her neck go up like she was being pushed in the back. Mm, right. And there's no way she tripped because she's standing on a flat step and she'd already been standing there. So we believe that she got pushed mm. because she was talking about a hot inmate. So we were downstairs and... You can go off in a lot of different directions. If you go out down the spiral staircase in the docks underneath the courthouse and come out in another area. So we were there and the whole time there's this guy, we we told him, look, we we don't care if you don't believe, but don't take the piss out of it. And he's like, no, 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 that's fine. So we're doing stuff and, you know, you're in a quiet area and you're trying to get maybe that magic bit of EVP or, you know, something and he'd just go... Oh, this is BS. This is BS. Come on, I'm going outside. And he'd and he'd walk off. Or you'd be standing there and going, okay, this has happened. D- do you believe? Nah, nah. I mean, mate, what what's going to happen? Seriously, what's going to happen? 
So we are walking back and we were staying in the courtroom. Like that's where we had all our broadcast gear set up. That's where we had all our sleeping gear set up. And we were sleeping in there. And um, he was walking at the front and we were about to come up to this spiral staircase and then he just took off. He didn't say anything. He just took off. Now, I thought he was taking the piss because the 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 stairs, I mean, they don't meet building codes, so they're really close together. Yeah. So he was literally trying to get up this spiral staircase with his feet and his hands, like grabbing onto the stairs that were a bit higher. And I thought, oh, God, mate, seriously, you're about to get kicked off this thing if you're not going to take it seriously. I picked up pace and I expected him to be at the top of the stairs and he kept running out the front door and he stood in sort of like the car park area where you walk in. And as I was kind of a brisk walk trying to figure out, I could hear him going, <sighs> and I'm like, oh, my God, because it's dark out, but you get closer. He, was li- he literally had the shakes. Yeah. He had this immediate sweat and he was pale. And I said, what happened? And he goes, I just seen eyes. In front of me, like like it was smoky, but there wasn't smoke. But there were these eyes and they were the most evil effing thing I have ever seen in my life. And it just, that they just stood there staring at me. And I'm like, right. And he goes, I'm, 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 I'm going home. And it's wow. like, well, no, you're like, no, F your prize, F you this, <laughs> F you that, I'm going home. A couple of days later, we got in contact with him and we said, mate, did you do that for... And he goes, mate, I, I knew I was on the radio and I've bagged people for years and now I can say I know that that has happened and I was just kind of like... Good stuff. <laughs> awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those two stories... Those two stories are sort of like my claim to fame. And look, they're they're not really what you would call uh, juicy or, you know, definitive. It's just it's just hearsay. But, and that's what, I guess all my stories are very similar to that in a mm. sense as well. It's all these like small kind of events, but when you look at them in like how you've just done mm. there and sort of summarise it, it's like, wow, that actually is some pretty unexplainable kind it, of activity. It is. The third one was on the roof of my best friend's house when we were growing up. I think I told you about this one. Yes, yeah. I love this one. So his parents were away. We're about 15. You know, we hadn't really discovered alcohol yet. <laughs> so completely sober, let me just say that. And what we used to do is we used to listen to this metal show um, that his parents' $2,000 stereo at the time, which is quite exorbitant for the 90s, mm. could pick up. It finished and then it's kind of like... Oh, let's go and have a let's go and have a ciggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Horizon Micromild, mate, they were ten bucks a pack. My God. Anyway, so um, we were paranoid that his parents were just going to rock up home and catch us. So we were like, "Well, let's go have one on the roof." <laughs> so we're like, "Yep, no worries." So um, we went up on the roof and we um, had this packet of cigarettes and we were sitting on the roof and. They've got like this horseshoe driveway. So if you can imagine a horseshoe where you drive in and you kind of, you go around like a garden bed and then you drive out. Mm -hmm. But at the top of the horseshoe, there's like a carport which bridges the garage and the house together. And it has like a clear perspex roof. So we're up there and we thought we were cool. and, um, And then this car pulls up and it pulls up in the horseshoe. And... 
his dad was the member of a vintage car club. They had an old Citroen, really nice Citroen. And um, you could tell it had sort of like the coach line, or not the coach lines, but it had the body of like an old, almost like an old Ford where you've sort of like got your, your you know, how the big wheel arches yeah, are like, like kind of sweeping. Yeah, it's like when they had like the spare wheel, wasn't it? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pulls up and the security light comes on. Oh, God damn, man. I think it's one of my dad's mates. And I thought, that's odd for a late call, man, because, mm. you know, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I can't remember what time it was, but it was after the metal show, so I know that. So um, he climbs down off the roof. And when the security light came on, this guy got out. And at this point, all I can see is the shadow because where he's pulled up was where the roof of the carport was. But they had like this massive floodlight. Like we used to call it the interrogation light because if you would rock up at night, you would literally close your eyes and wait until you can see through your Mm. eyelids that this collapsed sun has in fact come on through presence. So it came on and um, he walks up to the house and I've sort of scuffled down on the roof on these tiles to kind of have a look, you know, to kind of hear what's happening. And then I'm waiting. And then all of a sudden my mate sort of walks out and looks up at me and I'm like, what? And he goes, where did he go? And I've gone, he just knocked on the door. And he goes, no, he rang the doorbell, but yeah, he's, where, where did he go? Is he, is he walked around the other side? And I said, no, he hasn't. Cause I would have seen, mm. like I would have seen the shadow. Yeah. And he goes, well, he's not here. And I've gone, rubbish. And he's got, no, seriously, like he's not here. And so I've sort of done that thing where you kind of rest your bum on the edge and then kind of drop down onto the front, uh, near where the front door is. And and we're like, well, he's not here. And then we've both done that thing where you sort of move your head and you have a look and there's no car in the driveway. And we we literally ran ran inside (laughs) and grabbed knives. But what was funny was the next day, like pre-internet, I mean, I think there might have been internet, but it was something like Ask Jeeves or, you know, something old school. (laughs) But we actually went and did research and discovered Men in Black. Mm. I still don't know why. Yeah. But his family and him, as a matter of fact, absolutely credible. Um, And the great thing was is he was there to witness it. And every now and then... It, it rattled us so much that I can talk about it with you, I can talk about it with whatever, but him and I talking about it yeah, because we his parents weren't home. We had to wait until his parents got home. And we we were like, we had kitchen knives and, and, and just sort of bunched up in the corner. Like I couldn't tell you what happened in the three hours or so until his parents got home. Wow. <clears throat> and um, he asked his dad straight away, he said, do you know somebody that drives like a really old black car and he goes uh no not not black like mm. but apparently black sort of like the older cars it was around the time when you know it was yellows and pastel colors yes. and blues and stuff like that yeah. and he goes I don't know anybody off the top of my head that has a black car hence why would somebody in a black car turn up and that shadow of a person that we seen the only thing that we could make out was you know those kind of old school like the the rim goes all the way around the hat, yeah. right? Like one of those old school, I don't know what you would call it, and and a big jacket. Like this yeah. wasn't a suit like it's depicted in a lot of, uh, you know, uh, people's interpretations. This was genuinely like that. No, he had the big, big full-length jacket on and a hat 
with, with a rim Flipper that went car, all the way yeah. around it. And we didn't hear the car. We heard the car pull up. That's why we've had a look. It wasn't because of the light. We've heard the car pull up and then it disappeared. That is honestly probably the most terrifying thing. It really is. You're I've 15. ever heard of. You're it's, 15. And the fact that there was two of you there and it's a, it's totally, it does make you wonder. It's like, why was he there? Was there potentially some sort of weird sighting in that area? Was this, was this figure going potentially door to door? Like, I don't think he, I don't think he went door to door because, you know, everyone in that area, like we would have seen, yeah, we would have seen other lights come on, but let's be honest, you know, as far as being economical and environmentally friendly, like vintage cars are made to to suck fuel yeah. very quickly. So, you know, hence a loud engine, but... It's not very incognito, It's that's not. For sure. It's not very like, incognito, no. The only thing that we could um, attribute it to, and we talked about this mm. um, at length a couple of weeks after, because we were trying to figure it out, was one night we were doing... I don't know what it was. I, I genuinely can't remember. But I think it was as exciting as laying on the trampoline in his backyard and just talking about, you know, you got to be the best man at my wedding, man. You know, like <laughs> yeah. guys actually talk about yeah, stuff yeah, like we, that, believe it or not. That's true. Um, and we we're looking up and we could see like this, we thought it was a satellite and it was kind of moving uh, sort of in a figure eight. Yeah, okay. And I thought, well, that's no problem because some some satellites do have weights in them where they can move, and and then, but then it took off really, really quickly. Now that story on its own is really insignificant, but that was the only thing that we could tie to that. Yeah, experience. after we read at the library about uh, the Men in Black. That's so, insane. what did you think once you read about the Men in Black? Were you just like, what the fuck? Like, this is a thing that actually yeah happens. Like, yeah, I, it it does. I mean, when you think about it logically, if you have a look at things. Everything from Roswell, or uh, t- taking Roswell as sort of like the precursor to everything. Yeah, there has to be somebody that would cover up, uh, at least rationalise with people that have have seen or experienced certain things. Yeah. Mm. Well, hey, those are some of the best stories. Thanks, man. I've honestly ever come across, and it's just funny. Um, obviously. I hear from a lot of different people on this yeah. podcast and it's like sometimes it's right under your nose, the people mm. you know who just have like just the wildest stuff. It's true. Thank you so much, Hado, for um, taking the time and telling us your stories. I think people are really going to enjoy I what you had to so. say. I hope so. The great thing, uh, another great thing about this podcast is like not just like research, but the great thing about Paranormal Thoughts is that it's presented in such a factual way. And when I tell those stories, which I haven't told many people, mm. I'm very clear in not trying to embellish like, yep. and it was dark and then this light flickered and then like it's it's just this is what happened and mm. that's the great thing is you approach it in a way that's very um, almost spoken word documentary kind of thing and I think that's why it is so good. So... Um, this Patreon thing that you're doing is fantastic because not only are you giving more content, but you're giving content on a one-to-one level. And uh, I would I would really um, Im- implore people to, you know, get in touch with you somehow, even if it's via Zoom or, you know, uh, Discord or something like that, and, and just say, hey, man, I've got a story because everyone's story and everyone's reaction to that story is completely different. different. So get on it, man, exactly. for sure.
And, of course, plug your Twitch. Uh, yeah, it's got nothing to do with paranormal, <laughs> unfortunately, but I'm trying to get you to do a Twitch, as a matter of fact. So, basically, um, I sit there in front of a couple of cameras, a big record collection, and a bottle of whiskey, and I just talk to people, which is working really well. And that's blank page with eights instead of A's. The original one was already taken. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I genuinely think you should... You should yeah, maybe eventually. Get, yeah, and it's we'll free, but you get paid. I made $200 last month sitting there getting pissed, That's all. playing <laughs> That's metal, so talking to people. You have got a bigger following than I ever will. So, um, And uh, shout out to Machine Age, Point of Departure, new music coming soon. <laughs> I love it. Man, thank you so much. Well, there you go. That was Paranormal Experiences with some people that I know in my personal life. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you really got something out of that. As I mentioned earlier, if you've had an experience, I'd love to do more of these kind of episodes and get listeners on and kind of just have a discussion about all the unusual kind of events that happen to everyday people. As mentioned earlier, the blog, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us in all those places and, of course, on Patreon. So if you want to support the podcast, please jump on over there. But, guys, thank you so much, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.